my friends. It's Becky with the Better Way to Homeschool out walking and chatting about homeschool things. And today on my heart, I wanted to talk to you about master homeschool goals. So here it is. The birds are singing. Summer is on the, it's just right around the corner in my little circle of life. Our five sons were almost completely done with homeschooling. Our youngest is just about ready to graduate from high school with his associate's degree. Super excited. One of our kids is getting married in a couple weeks. And there's just a lot of changes on the air. Just this past week, I had the pleasure of talking to a new homeschool family. Just the anticipation of what is in store for them. Their oldest is only 10. And I sit there whenever I have these conversations just kind of on the edge of my seat, especially when kids are under 12 years old, there's so much possibility, so much hope, so much glory, honestly, in front of them. And I can see it from where I stand. And yet this couple has the same kind of questions that most homeschool families have. Am I doing enough? Am I using the right curriculum? Am I failing my kids? Am I succeeding with my kids? What am I supposed to do? Is there a better thing that I can be teaching them? A better way that I can teach them? And I always remember my husband. The day that he caught me crying over four different curriculums and confessing with my hands flailing in the air. I can't do this. I can't teach three different kids. We had five, but three in school. I can't teach three different kids, three different curriculums. I can't do it. It's too much. And he smiled at me and he encouraged me to pour a cup of coffee, pushed the curriculum aside and said, Becky, forget the curriculum. By the time the kids graduate high school, what is it that we want them to know? Oh, now a million years later, this was the beginning of setting master homeschool goals. These are the types of goals that don't change whether you're using a Becca or Saxon or Matthew C or My Father's World or any curriculum out there. The goal is what is the fundamental foundation that you want your kids to know. And so I was talking to this homeschool couple, brand new. They're They just finished their first year of homeschool. Oh, all the possibilities. And I encourage them, take a step back. What is it that you want your kids to know by the time they graduate high school? And mom, dad, whoever's listening to me walking and talking along the side of the road, I'm gonna encourage you, if you don't have your master goals in place, this is one of the single most important things that you can do for yourself and your kids and your homeschool journey, it will not fail you. For instance, you don't have to have the same homeschool goals that my husband and I do, but I do find that it makes more sense if you can hear what master goals sound like. So since that day, crying over the curriculum, we have had the same goals in place. Our number one goal is to weave our faith into everything that we do with our kids. That's very personal for us as Christians who love the Lord. We want our kids to know that that is in in fact what we believe. 
So we weave that into everything that we do. So sharing our faith with our kids is our number one goal. Our next goal is that by the time the kids graduate high school, they will know their math facts inside and out, all the basic stuff. Add, subtract, multiply, divide, fractions, decimals, percentages, measurements, that kind of stuff. The stuff that they're gonna need to build a fence, to balance their budget, to decide which can of beans is a better deal, basic math. You might have given birth to a mathematician. That's okay. I did too, but I saved the higher math for late in high school or college for him. So share your faith, basic math. The next goal was to marinate our kids in literature. That's it. Fall in love with reading. Oh, fall in love with reading. Books that you read to them, listening to audiobooks, independent reading, just cultivating a reading culture within your home. So much comes from being well-read. So that's a master, master goal. The last master goal in our home is that by the time the kids graduate, they will be excellent communicators, both in written form or oral form. And so now when you step back and you look at those goals, it doesn't matter what math curriculum you use. All math curriculums, if you look at the table of contents, go in the same order. They start with addition, subtraction, then they add multiplication, division, then you'll start to mix in fractions and decimals. I always taught from the table of contents in a math book. I would look, and if I understood how to do it, and I could teach it, I closed the book. And I taught the math, and we practiced those things with sidewalk chalk and dry erase markers and that kind of stuff. So knowing that the goal is basic math, the reality is that it just takes time and practice. So you spend the core of your math time reviewing math facts, reviewing those basic math concepts, and just practicing a little bit a day. A little bit goes a long way. When it comes to reading, the, my philosophy is that before the kids hit middle school, all we did was read. All we did was read just one more page, just one more chapter, just one more book. And we saturated and marinated the kids in excellent literature. What happened over the course of a decade-ish is that the kids absorbed story. They absorbed characters. They absorbed vocabulary. We didn't do any formal assessment of anything that we read. Instead, we just talked about it and we would glean words or ideas and mix it into our life. If the characters ate something, we would find a way to eat the same thing. If they saw something, we would look it up online. What does that statue look like? What does that place look like? And we immersed ourselves in this story. Then with communication, we did a lot of talking, a lot of chatting, and hear me clearly, the number one thing that we did, the number one thing, that help the kids become excellent writers, and I do mean excellent, is that we spent most of our writing brainstorming. That's it. If we went to the beach, we would talk about what did it sound like? What did it look like? What did it smell like? What did it feel like? And I would take a pen and we would fill up the the whiteboard with all the words about the beach 
tell me what you remember. What did you find? What was your favorite part? What did you hate? And we would fill up the board and we would look at it and go, wow. The next time we go, what do you want to do? What do you hope to see? And we would just talk about it. And I would write it down so that we could look at it and be thankful for the experience. And that was it. The next time, if we went to the river or to grandpa's house or to the store about once a week, we would just brainstorm teaching the gathering of ideas. Because when the kids are young, giving them a blank piece of paper and asking them to write is kind of like torture except for that one out of a hundred kids, but it's kind of like torture. So instead, we became professional idea cultivators, professional brainstormers, talking, leaning into things, finding all sorts of ways to write without writing. Sidewalk chalk, dry erase markers, um, labeling, pictures in coloring books, um, collecting vocabulary words, But I never said it was an academic exercise. It was just always something we did for fun. Eventually, we leaned into formal writing, but spent most of the time regurgitating, re-saying, restating that writing is a process. And that if you want to write a story, it starts with the ideas, it starts with the worlds, it starts with the vocabulary, it starts with the colors and the scents and all those things spending most of the time brainstorming and I have all kinds of ideas of how to develop formal writing the stuff you think about as a homeschooler if you're new when I say teaching your kids to write you probably think research paper book report essay but those are only the very tippity tip of the iceberg there are a bazillion ways to write and I have a whole bunch of ideas. So if you need ideas, please email me at a better way to homeschool at gmail.com and I will send you resources and blog posts and goodies to help you lean into reading. I mean writing more. <coughs> when it came to oral communication, we leaned into that. Whenever we were studying, we always gave the kids an opportunity to stand in front of the television and tell everybody in the room what it is that they learned that day, what it is that they wanted to talk about. We practiced from the time that the kids were very little, standing and presenting. And it takes time and it takes practice, but it starts with, this is my favorite toy. I like it because it's blue. And then they sit down. It eventually turns into, today I'm going to talk to you about dyslexia. And these are the points that I'm going to go through. And then they deliver this beautiful presentation. So for you, homeschool mom, homeschool dad, as you look at your kids and you look at your family, push the curriculum aside. Curriculum is just a tool. It's like the difference between holding a hammer and saying, I want to use this hammer every single day for the next 15 years with my family or stepping back and saying, what do I want to build? Do I want to build a house? Do I want to build a barn? What do I want it to look like? How many rooms do I want it to have? You need to have the goal. The hammer is just the tool. With homeschool, the goals are what you 
build everything else upon. Curriculum is just one of the tools that you will use to educate your kids. It really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what you teach your kids. What matters is how you teach them, how you approach learning from the science of learning. What kinds of, what kinds of students are they? Do they need to hear it? Do they need to see it? Do they need to do it? Every kid is different. Every family is different. What you want your kids to learn is going to be different than what I want my kids to learn. But at the foundation level, I think we can agree that everyone needs a basic set of math skills, stuff to survive. So concentrate there. And if, like me, one of your kids rises to the top to be a mathematician, make sure that they know their math facts inside and out as quickly and automatically as they know their name. Because you need to know 8 times 7 is 56 off the top of your head so that when you're doing things like quadratic equations or solving theorems or working with proofs or whatever the things are, you don't want to be second guessing whether or not you got a simple math fact right. So focus on the basics all, almost all the way through high school until a mathematician rises from the bunch and then reach out. I have some ideas for you there too. Read every single day, every single day. Listen, listening to five minutes of an audiobook every day is better than not reading at all because they're absorbing vocabulary. They're absorbing the flow of words. They're absorbing the art of storytelling. And it becomes part of who they are over time, not overnight, but over time. So marinate your kids in literature. So important that they love to read. If you want to know different kinds of reading, reach out to me because there's all different kinds of reading. Um, But the basics is just marinating them in story. And then recognizing that the art of communication takes time. A lot more time than we give our kids. So much of writing and speaking formally is rushed. Kids don't have enough time to lay the foundation, to brainstorm the ideas, to bring those ideas into order, to do some research, to do messy rough drafts that don't make sense, that don't have great spelling, that don't have any spelling, that don't have punctuation, that kind of roam all over the place, and that sit, and then they sketch the ideas, and then they write a better draft, and then a better draft, and then a better draft. And at the end, you end up with something that may have taken a week, three weeks, or a month to write, many different revisions. But if the kids understand the process of developing an idea, then they're able to lean into that. The challenge is if they don't know the process, it's super frustrating. Oh, kids see a red pen and they start to cry. And that's not, that's not the way it should be. They should know that it's a process, something that they develop over time. The same with oral communication. <laughs> the ability to stand and express yourself to one person, five people, or a thousand or more is something that takes practice and time. And so by the time they graduate high school, we want our kids to be able to express themselves, to stand and to give a defense for what they believe, 
to be able to educate people around them something amazing that they just discovered or to just simply have an, a conversation that makes sense. It takes time. So wherever you are in your homeschool journey, either step back and establish your first draft of homeschool master goals or revisit them and make sure they're still in line with what you want your kids to do. We touched back on those goals every year. Is this still what we believe? Is this still what we want? It turned out that it was. Those goals carried us all the way through. But be flexible. And then when you're looking for what to teach your kids, you make sure that they line up with those goals. You make sure that the heart of homeschool is the most important thing, not the to-dos of homeschool. Make sense? Okay, I'm just about the part where the little barky dog starts to come out and let us know, hey, I'm here. So I'm going to let you go. Have a wonderful day. If you have any questions about master homeschool goals, reading, how to approach basic math, or anything, please never hesitate to reach out to me at a better way to homeschool at gmail.com. My name is Becky, and I can't wait to talk with you. Have a great day.